0: Good afternoon, this is Marshall Davis, and today I'm going to be talking about the spiritual awakening of Jacob. There are examples of non dual spiritual awakening throughout the Bible, it's just that they are not usually identified as such or taught as such. One example is the story commonly referred to as Jacob's Ladder. Today I'm going to look at that story in the book of Genesis in combination with another story from Genesis, from Jacob's life, that happens a number of years later. That's the story of Jacob wrestling with God, sometimes called wrestling with an angel. We might call that part two of his awakening. Together, they tell how Jacob woke up to the non-dual nature of reality, woke up to who God is and who he was. Jacob is an important character, in the Bible, because he is the patriarch of the people of Israel. After this wrestling match at the Ford of the Jabbok, his name was changed to Israel. His twelve sons became the twelve tribes of Israel. For all intents and purposes, he represents Israel, the people of God. So his spiritual awakening sets the stage for the whole spiritual life of the people of Israel. Now, Jacob is an interesting character because he's not the typical idea of a saint. In fact, he's a, he's a bit of a scoundrel. This is indicated by the meaning of his name in Hebrew. Jacob means literally deceiver or supplanter. The story of his birth says that he came out of the womb holding on to the heel of his older brother Esau, apparently trying to pull Esau back or to climb over Esau and had to get out of the womb first and thereby obtain all the rights of the firstborn son. He succeeded in achieving that goal later in life by deceiving his brother out of both his birthright and their father's blessing. Now to the stories of his awakening. The first one happens right after he tricked his brother out of the father's blessing. His brother was so mad at him that he threatened to kill him, and he meant it. And their mom, Rebecca took that threat very seriously. He thought that was a good time for Jacob to leave home and go live with her brother, Laban, far to the north. And so Jacob sets out. By, by the way, his leaving... Then his later return, 14 years later, is very reminiscent of Jesus' story of the prodigal son. They both leave for a far country, and they both return home. Both are stories of spiritual awakening. Anyway, Jacob leaves for the north country, and he spends his first night out in the open. The story says that he puts a stone under his head for a pillow, and he falls asleep. And he has a dream of a stairway between heaven and earth, with the angels of God ascending and descending upon it. And then suddenly God is present. The Hebrew can be translated that God was either above him or beside him. God promises to be with him and to bless him. Jacob then wakes up from the dream, and that is meant, I think, to be taken both physically and spiritually. And declares, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. It's a powerful passage filled with symbolism. The, the gap between heaven and earth is bridged by a stairway. Heaven and earth are reunited in a reversal of the creation story. Where God is said to divide the two. So he's talking about duality being transcended. this cosmic unity is what Jacob experienced. Jacob became aware that God was present in that place, which was just an ordinary place. It wasn't a, a holy site. He realized it was simply a matter of being aware of divine presence in all places. He said, and he declared that this was the house of God and the gate of heaven. And I think he was referring not to the place, but he was referring to the awareness. Jesus referred to this story in describing his own awareness of who he was. The house of God is not a holy building, but is everywhere. In the open countryside, it's here and now. Wherever we are is the gate of heaven. Now, later on, his descendants took this statement literally and geographically, as religious people tend to do, and they built a temple on that spot and named it Bethel, meaning house of God. This was long before there was a temple in Jerusalem. I want to move on now to the second story, which serves as a bookend to this first story. Jacob serves his uncle Laban for two seven-year periods in order to be able to marry Laban's two daughters. And these numbers themselves are symbolic, echoing the, the seven-week period of creation, representing here a new creation, and the two, I think, is the duality of creation. After 14 years, Jacob is heading home with his two wives and his 11 children so he's had by these By this time, he's still concerned that his brother Esau has not forgiven him and will kill him on sight. So he's going home, and as he approaches home territory, he sends everybody in the caravan on ahead, and he spends the night by himself in the wilderness, just like he did previously at Bethel. This time happens near the ford of the Jabbok River. Rivers are boundaries, and they represent transition times in the Bible, and this one symbolizes a transition in Jacob's life. During the night, Jacob wrestles with a mysterious figure that is called in the story simply a man, but later identified as God. Still later in Jewish tradition, the figure is a referred to as an angel. That was to happen at a time when it was deemed too intimate to suggest that one could actually have a physical wrestling match with God. So Jacob wrestles with this unknown figure in the dark all night long. And As the sun begins to rise, the shadowy figure says that he's leaving and Jacob refuses to let go of him until he receives his blessing. The figure then renames Jacob. Once again, a A reference, I think, to the creation story where God names everything and then later Adam names everything. The figure renames Jacob Israel, which means one who wrestles with God, explaining it in these words. Because you have wrestled with God and man and have overcome. Jacob asks his opponent's name, but he refuses to give it, representing, I think, the the unnameable nature of God. And the story ends the saying, so Jacob called the place Peniel, which means the face of God, saying, it's because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. This story is Jacob wrestling with his own identity and the identity of God. This is the ego and God wrestling. This is the little self And the big self fighting for control of of Jacob, his life and his consciousness. And this all happens at night in the dark because it's not something that can, can be clearly understood with the mind. And that's why it is also unclear who this mysterious figure is all the time this is happening. This is the struggle that goes on in every seeker and everyone who is seeking truth and spiritual awakening. It is a struggle for Christians who have been brought up with a rigidly theistic picture of God. And as life goes on, we struggle with the contradictions and the inadequacies of such a rigid worldview. We struggle with who God really is and what we really are. But we know it is more than we have been taught from the pulpit. We wrestle in the dark with the unknown. And if we persevere, we will be transformed so dramatically that we'll need a new name. But we will not come out of this fight unscathed. In the story, Jacob was wounded in this fight. His hip was put out of joint and he walked with a limp for the rest of his life. This means that his Eoic self was wounded. Now it remained a part of him, but without the power that it once had. Jacob becomes a new person. He is reborn in a sense. He walked into that wrestling match as Jacob, the deceiver, which is what the ego is by nature. He limped away as Israel. One who wrestles with God, with the mark of God on his life. He began that match as two selves at war. He emerged as one, much more integrated. This is a symbolic description of what happens in spiritual awakening. The ego remains, and it will remain as long as the body remains. But it's no longer in control. It is wounded. And that's a good thing. God is the reality of this life. The awakening that began at Bethel was finished at Jabbok. The awakening of Israel was complete. That is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog Spiritual Reflections can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.